This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the W12 podcast. Uh, I'm Ben Platt. Thanks for tuning and listening. Um, this is a QPR podcast where we talk everything QPR I've seen, good, the bad, the ugly, um, normally the latter. Um, but actually this week, there may actually be some good in the podcast. <laughs> I didn't come out right, actually, but you know what I mean. Positivity. Um, I, I win on Saturday, which is good. Some transfers. Um, all stuff that we normally don't get to talk about. So we've got to try and cram it in for an hour. So we're going to, before we crack on, on the pod today, well, a win and a few transfers and everyone wants to come on. All the norms want to come back. <laughs> hey, Jack? You, Little T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how you doing, lad? Good to be back on and actually quite refreshing to have some some good stuff to talk about, you know. So hopefully not as uh, depressing as previous weeks. So yeah, looking forward to it. To be fair, you did say you were going to come on before the win, so yeah, I'll let you off that one, mate. You good though, mate? Yeah. Yeah, well, good. Thank you. Yeah, nice one. Good, good. Dunk, you all right, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm here every single week. Come rain, shine, winds, losses, everything. <laughs> Gareth Ainsworths. Well, well, that that tested me to my absolute limit. Was <laughs> having to come on every week to moan about him, but yeah. it, he, I. I'm not, I'm not getting into Ainsworth. It's no, not worth probably it anymore. Best you probably best you <laughs> And Chris, regular now, mate. You okay, bud? All good, boys. Yeah, very excited to get into get into a discussion of a win and feel there's a lot of excitement around QPR at the moment. Then, not I'm many other clubs who are in the relegation zone throughout the country probably feel as positive or uh, hopeful as us, I guess. That's true. And I've got lots I want to get through. I've, obviously, I want to talk about transfer window, Blackburn. I've got a little chat on Sinclair that I want to go through, field, maybe chat through the Kelman theory of why he got an extension. Seems a bit odd, but maybe not. Um, we've got a side in today, Anderson. Uh, we've got a big week coming up next week. Really big week, actually, with the three games. Um, 
I think that's going to be huge. We'll chat about that. We talk about the player of the season poll. We talk about um, Brad being in the know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or not in the know. But um, yeah, we can try and have a chat about that. But anyway, transfer window. We'll talk about that. We got told no signings. We're, we're sat here today with four new signings. Um, all under 30. All look like they're going to add something to this team. I mean, it would have been difficult not to, but it, it's interesting that 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 there wasn't. We didn't think there were. We were told there was going to be no signings. Then all of a sudden, we've now got four through the door. I don't know whether that's a feeling that the, we, there's a chance that we can stay up and, and add in a few. will add to that. Whether a couple of the deals were really cheap and that they came about on transfer deadline day, um, I'm not sure. Maybe a bit of both, but. Um, but good news, good news, Jack. What, what do you think, mate? Yeah, it was oh a real pleasant surprise, weren't they? Um, I was sort of when we did did the free transfer, I was like, well, we've done something. That's that's not bad. Um, let's see how he goes. I mean, he's he hadn't played a lot this season, but Dazelle's wage must have been quite substantial. If <laughs> we could get four players in off the back of it, no, all joking aside, I think he's. Uh, <laughs> They did well to move him on. I think they tried and persevered with Dazelle and if it was going to create a bit of space. Was it Duke McKenna as well went out on loan and Kelman's gone out alone? Now, if those wages are being covered, then it makes sense how we've had a bit more room to manoeuvre. But again, I think because we left it late, am I right in thinking that maybe we're not covering as much of the, the loan wages of some of these players? And are, is that why, you know, it's done last minute? It's because you can get some of these, you know, you get a little deal here and there and maybe in the, you know, Hayden's, you know, under contract at Newcastle still. So I imagine he's on a good wage. I, you know, if we've got him for peanuts, then what an astute bit of loan signing business that would be. I mean, Hodge is another one. Maybe Gary O'Neill's, don't know how much sway he's got on the transfer <laughs> side of balls, but in the, in one weekend, he loaned us a player that got us a winning goal and he beat Chelsea. So I mean, <laughs> done all right there as a former R. But you know, really keen to see how some of these guys settle in. I think we'll, we'll touch on Blackburn in more detail, but, you know, real positive um, impression of a couple of them and kind of keen to see how Frey and Lucas Anderson, who got announced today, sort of develop and once they get up, you know, match fitness, how, how they can complement the squad. I mean, we needed bodies in. The bench, even at Blackburn, looked so much better, like so much yeah. more healthy, so much more, you know, stacked. Um, we're not. We haven't got an embarrassment of riches still. Not not denying that, but to have options is key. And you know, especially tail end of the season, like you know, we, you'd, you'd expect that these might make a difference. These guys. I mean, I think four signings when we thought we were going to get none. What an absolute treat, bonus. Let's just hope it is all, you know, compliant with the financial situation. I'm sure it is. After the new CEO emphasised it in his first interview about no signings and got to be careful. Let's, let's hope, you know, they've worked a bit of magic here with the books and it's all above board. But, you know, my initial impression, really pleased, really good to see the squad, you know, get beefed out a little bit. Yeah. So what is, we've got Lucas Anderson, Isaiah Hayden, Joe Hodge and Sebastian Frey. Um, I, th I think, like, just to go on a couple of your points about the wages and that, I, I think we're led to believe, I don't know, take from that what you will, but... Um, but the rumour is the wages of, of the, the two loans are um, minimal, just very minimal. And um, I think there might be a bonus agreement if, if we stay up. So um, 
So we managed to work that. And that was always the case, wasn't it? When, when we were look, talking about transfers, that we would it would always be towards the end of the window because that's when players become cheaper. Um, historically, that's the, been the case. And, and it looks like that's been the case. Maybe a couple of favours with Gary O'Neill and Ruben at Newcastle. I think that they're quite close, aren't they, with Amit? And I don't know whether there's been a bit of a... Because I remember Jeff Hendrick was a, was quite a cheap deal in the, for us as well last minute. So I wonder whether there's something in that, but but Dunk, I mean, what 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 do you think forced the board's hand, so to speak, or do you think that they weren't planning on getting selling Dizel or or moving him on, and it just came and maybe that freed up some wages? Um, yeah, I think with Dizel, you can't imagine it was planned because he hasn't really been a standout for us this season. So I can't imagine the Birmingham have got oh, he's been absolutely amazing. Let's see if we can get him. So I think it was. They've obviously sent a scout to QPR, aren't they? Oh. <laughs> All of last season. Oh, they must have watched one night. game that we absolutely smashed someone, and that's it. Like, <laughs> what have they seen that we haven't? But it's just yeah, to get Dizel off the books and get someone like Hayden and Hodgin, like they're both for me an instant upgrade on Dizel. Like Hayden looked assured. I know he's not fit, like. Uh, when he came in, he looks a steady player. He's a big unit. He's going to put himself about, like, all the stuff we moaned Dizel didn't do. Like, I can't see him going to go missing in many games. Whereas with Dizel, we said he wasn't even on the pitch half the time. Obviously, Hodge looks decent. But like you said, like, where's... I, I think... I don't think anything's necessarily triggered it, apart from the fact Dizel's gone and there is some wages there. Or have they got to the end of January, they kind of thought, well... We've made some cuts. We've made some dodgy like name in the toilet block or something. It's got a bit of extra money in. Like, have they just fiddled some kind of little sponsorship deal here, there, everywhere? The coffee. Have people bought a lot of coffee? That's just like <laughs> giving us a little bit of money to say we'll pay five percent of their wages or something. I don't know where it's come from, but like Jack said, as long as we're not breaching anything, it all looks very positive. Chris, anything to add to the, to the transfer window, mate? I think on the um, thing I was going to say on the wages aspect is, um, or getting getting two loans full stop, we, given the football that we've shown we can play under the new manager, clubs, well, just the Wolves one as an example, Wolves are more willing to give us Hodge on loan than obviously, if this was under Ainsworth, because there's a degree to which you know you're playing good football, so he's going to benefit from that, whereas if the ball was just going all over going up over his head all the time, then Wolves are going to turn around and be like, no, or you, or if you want him, you can pay a lot more. That's the difference, and that's where I think we have to be in that position to go, look, we, we, we don't want to depend on loans, but we were in a desperate position where we needed them but we are going to give your player and you as a team value out of that player coming to us. Um, and yeah, I mean, sort of phenomenal story that steps in, scores of in kind of like seven minutes coming off the bench. Um, the fact that he plays with Sinclair for the uh, Republic of Ireland under 21s, I think is a big plus. Um just so he has some familiarity with someone in the squad, but also, and I'm sure we'll come on to him, but for Sinclair as an individual as well, then he's at least having a little bit of um, connection with someone he 
has played with before. Um, and I mean, we may as well talk about his goal now. For weeks, we've been talking, okay, what do we need in central midfield? We either need someone who controls the game on the ball time or, and you've said this a lot, Ben, we need that box-to-box midfielder who's going to make those bursting runs. Jack said, how many times do we need a field or Dazelle running onto a ball on the edge of the box? It wasn't like that, but it was the perfect run from that position. I mean, the centre-back split massively. Great ball through to him and he finishes it really well. He looks... He look- he looks like he's got high energy. I, I really, I don't. Dizel was never, never done it for me. I think I made that quite clear. I don't, it, there's a half player in there in relation to his ability to, or seeming ability to pass the ball, but he never executed it enough. He, he always went hiding when the going got tough, noticeably hiding as well. And not just that, he was just, he would, yeah, he's box to box. He was definitely not a box to box midfielder, right? No. What was he? I don't. I don't like describe him as a midfielder. I, I'm struggling to understand what midfielder he was like. He's not just like existed manager, on the pitch, How would you? Yeah. How would you describe like, him? He's an odd one because he he wanted to like play deep, but he doesn't have the defensive nous to play there. He can't play him behind a striker because he doesn't like. He's not got a you know killer instinct in front of goal. Or like, we never we haven't seen that killer pass too often. So you, you're not sure if he's really number ten. And he's not box to box because he doesn't seem to have the legs. Yeah. So back and forth. And, and I've seen him sprint and he's he had a turn of pace. I can't up when it was a couple of seasons ago. But he like ran half the length of the pitch to make a goal saving tackle. I was like, you don't you don't see that. You see flashes of him. And you say it's a hard, you see, it's half a player there, and you think yeah, there's the makings of something. But he just never really kicked on. And I just don't know, maybe all the changes of managers didn't help him either and changes of system and there's all sort of factors. But just from, you know, the eye test, from just a you know, fan's point of view from my side, I just, just didn't really rate him, to be honest. And I'm kind of glad he's gone. And as Dunk said, the two guys we brought in, got a bit of Premier League quality about them. Yeah, that what Hayden, he, he looks he looks like he could be a player. I mean, obviously he's got a few injury issues, hasn't he? And I'm not sure he's fully fit, but... What that does is, and we, we we put a tweet out over the weekend. It kind of puts a bit of pressure on field now, right? Because I think he was one of the first names on the team sheet over the last well two years, and rightly so, because he's been ex- he has been excellent. You know, he was last season's player of the year. I don't think he massively fits into Marty's style. Um, you know, of keeping the ball, and he has to it's, it's, he has to think more about his passing rather than trying to intercept the tackle, which he obviously still needs to do. But when he's getting the ball, you know, much, much more, you know, 10 times in a minute rather than, you know, once or twice, that's a big difference, a big change of style and, and ability. Um, but I still I still think that there'll be a lot... That, at the moment, I still would pick him in the team. It's just who he would play alongside. don't know what anyone thinks on that. I know we got a bit of heat, didn't he, on Saturday? We didn't miss him, which, which we didn't. But I think yeah. the problem is like Hayden's not fit, um, so he's not going to come in and play ninety minutes straight away every week, is he? So and it's like we said, we've got like a lot of games coming up, so you, there's going to be a bit of rotation, isn't there? But saying that, I for me, I've put down that Field and Dykes were the two people I think could be struggling to maintain a place. And do we think that's Marty? Do we think he's? Not, not as harsh to say he's, he's, you know, realised that maybe they're not good enough, which obviously isn't the case. But 
maybe he's thinking, I don't know, because they were, they were pretty untouchable players before he came, right? Well, I think, like we said, we've said numerous times, haven't we, that Field really suited an Ainsworth-style team. Like, sitting there, not having a lot of the ball, doing like a lot of just the shielding, not just get the ball and try and hit a channel. Like, Sam Field, we can, like, could kind of do that. And that's where he obviously got the player of the season thing. But he can't, he's not suited to Marty's style, like you said. It's... Isn't Sebastian Frey the kind of... I mean, look, we've only seen... Michael, him, Frey. Right? Michael Frey, yeah. Michael Frey, sorry. Who's Sebastian Frey? Do you know what? He's the... Uh, he was the goalie. He's the keeper. He's the keeper. Yeah. Michael Kett, yeah. Um, he, he looks... He, he, they look pretty similar. So, like, they look, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a completely different style of player. They look like they could... They're quite... I don't know. They play a similar way, which which would be a worry for... For Lyndon, I would have thought. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure about him in that number ten role. I still. I'm not. Like I know he had a, a good game at Millwall, but I'm still. I wasn't at the time really. I, I just think if he was still on the pitch, would he have made the same run Hodge did? Man, not a chance. I and I think that, and that's the massive difference, isn't it? He doesn't understand how to play that number ten role. He struggles to play the number nine role. Like that's why I said I feel like he his place is every under threat because you can't drop sinks because he's so dangerous as, as an option and he offers us that stretching of the defence and gives us an outlet. Dykes doesn't give us that. I think we're like I think it's a good point. I mean it's right to ask the question, like do do these players who have been stalwarts for the last few seasons, do they fit in this new style? And I think they've both struggled at times to sort of find a place in the team where they it suits their you know their abilities problem with field he you know you can't fault his application his effort he's been one of the only players in the last couple of years to, during the tough times to like really kind of keep turning up injury free you know always available you know puts in a great shift the only issue is yeah he's the first name on the team sheet he's the first name in the ref's book and the problem is when that happens we're losing for two games we were left with Dizel, Dixon, Bonner, Colback. Now we've got Hayden, who's almost like a like-for-like like with maybe a bit more ability on the ball, yet I you know, reserve judgment there. Um, but you'd like, you'd probably, his history suggests yes, because of over 100 Premier League appearances, more than that, and some good, a handful of championship as well, you know, promotions. He's obviously one of those players in that maybe Sean Derry mould that you don't notice, but when they're on the team, they make a huge difference because they're quite tidy on the ball as well as being good defensively. And I have a suspicion Hayden will be like that for us. Um, Colbacks, another one who likes to get a book in suspension, as we know, but he's actually played pretty well the last two or three games. And sort of has, I think, cemented his place in that midfield. But when he goes out, I would have thought that's where Phil might come in or a Hayden injury. But right now, not sure how he starts. It, yeah, but we've said this for ages, right? This team that we've had over the past 18 months isn't good enough. It hasn't been good enough. There's been good good displays at times and maybe a good goal here and there. But really, you know, if you're looking at it, your Dykes, your Field, your Jimmy Dunn's, your Aussie Kakai's, they're just, they're just not the Zells. They're just not good enough, are they? They haven't been good enough, right? There's no getting away from that. They're, and I just, I want, I'm just looking at it thinking, I wonder whether Marty, like, you know, obviously Kekai's been in all the training videos that I've seen in the last two weeks. He's, he's there training. So I, I don't know whether he's fit. I don't know. But, and I'm not sure if Jimmy Dunn gets in this side, 
is look if everyone's fit. I don't think he's anywhere near it. Dizelle's out. With the signings we've made, I, I question whether we're going to see Chris Willock properly. I don't know. That's another one. I just, I can't. I know he started up, but I think when Anderson's fit and and Smith's fit, I don't, fully fit, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not sure we're going to see him as the season goes on. Could be wrong. Don't know what anyone thinks on that. I think the we're all having these debates about individual players. I just think that's a massive benefit. We, we now are actually having these debates rather than, <laughs> God, we've got one possible option off the bench. I really hope this 11 players just stay fit and they can not get suspended or injured for 90 minutes every game. Like That to me is just a huge, ben, huge benefit. Mm. Makes the players need to step their level up because they've, there's more competition for their places now. Like we said for ages, Dykes knew he was going to play every game up front because there was no other option. Mm. Then Sinclair played, so Dykes played this other role. He he adjusted well enough in that role for a short period of time, but it, it's a short period of time fix. It's not, oh, well, he's now going to play in that role for the whole of the season because we've got other people who can play in that. So, yeah, I'm just looking at this overall as a as a positive. I would still... I'm reserving my judgment about Isaac Hayden a lot because Norwich fans think he's absolutely useless and they saw him for a longer period of time. Can he come in and do a job for us? Hopefully. That's what we want. And if he plays a set role, um, which is basically win the ball, sit in front of that back four, but give the ball forward, because that, that to me is the only difference in, that we want from him and Samfield. To, to be able to get the ball on the turn, one, two, touch, right, it's off. Whereas Field is either worried to do that because he's like mm, I'm not sure three touches and I'll play it sideways to be safe that's that's the element for me but yeah this is like I said at the start we're just far more hopeful now from from every aspect and that's what we needed we needed hope ultimately what you could do I mean before we quickly go on to Blackburn with Field what could benefit him is being further back and being a proper number six, if you like, real DM and then push the rest of the the team up, Cole back yeah. and Hodge in front of him, up, chair up, you know, whoever's on the right up. So we can push him much further deeper so he's not in the in those final thirds trying to trying to create, which he can't do. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to Blackburn then. Great win, great performance. I, I thought that before we go on to you, Dunk, I thought that we um, started quite sloppy the first 10-15 minutes which we have done quite often this season even under Marty we start we're quite solid but we do start really slow um, But I, which I thought was the case on Saturday um, but I thought once we got going and got in the team got some passing sequences going I thought for 60 minutes I thought we were the better side 50-60 minutes and then it's all panic stations and after a little bit after the goal goes in um, but again defensively another good performance you know look where we are in the league we don't concede many goals, and conceding one away from home is is going to happen often. So, yeah, I, 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 I was quite happy. I, I was happy with Sinclair. I, I know he's got a bit of stick, and we can talk about that in a minute. But much he can do that every game, you know, because he'll, he'll he'll score. He will score goals if he does get in those positions. Um, but a promising performance, Doug. 
Yeah, and I think it's telling, obviously, in Marty's um, post-match that he said that like, for the first 70 minutes, we were a much better team. And like you said, maybe the first 60 minutes after that 10-minute spell at the very beginning where mm. both teams were kind of feeling their way into it. Once we'd kind of settled down and got our rhythm, it only looked... I was watching that, I was thinking, there's only one team I can see going on to win this, and that was us. I felt Blackburn were really poor on the day. I don't know they've been in a bit bad form, but I actually think that we made them look bad because we were playing quite well for a change. Like you said, Armstrong definitely caused them problems and he definitely gave us an option. But like we said, we are going to talk about him a bit later. He needs to get that clinical edge. Otherwise, that game could have gone differently. We've all seen how that can play out before where we miss chances like the Watford game. Yeah, but, but he's but remember though, right? He's raw. He is raw. Like you can't say he's raw and then forget it when he misses when he when he is raw, right? You know what I mean? Like he isn't he isn't clinical at the moment and he isn't he his decision making isn't always the best, but there's not many strikers that can get in the positions that he can get in, right? Out there that we can afford anyway, right? And I know that he needs to be better at finishing stuff, but I think it will come. I'm confident it will come. It it kind of felt especially in that first half, that he was at a point to prove he has now an extra competition for that starting striker role and it felt like he was trying too hard. Like he was trying to take people on, trying to shoot from every angle, not taking the sensible, like easier option. Like there was a chance in the first half where he broke down the left. Willock's screaming for the ball on the right-hand side. If he played a pass, Willock's got to tap him. Uh, like you could see Willock went mad. And the problem is, we know how important Chris Willock firing is. <laughs> so if he gets a tap in, that boosts his confidence, then we get a better Chris Willock. Yeah, I'll tell you what he does, though. Right? It's margins, isn't it? Because it worked. it worked, we won. But there's other times I'm, when... I'm telling you work. now, centre-backs do not want to play against him, right? What he's doing, we're playing Norwich, right? I guarantee their, their team are going to be like, right, they're going to play a different way. They'll play a bit deeper. Because, and... Whilst that doesn't maybe benefit Sinclair enough, maybe that they will make space for us in the in around the pitch that, that maybe might not have been there if a Dykes was there coming in, trying to get it right and, and taking the space for for the creative midfielders to do something. Maybe it will make chair. I don't know. I just, I thought I thought if he gets in those positions all day, I think it it'll, he will score and it will cause problems. And he assisted the second goal as well. Yep, it was a bit of a lucky assist, wasn't it? Because he was tried it? to. He tried to do the player, didn't he? And he got the lucky ricochet. It bounced kind before him. We got that luck, like which we don't luck. always get. Do you know what I mean? We don't always get that luck. Nine times out of ten, that could have bounced out for a throw-in. But he got that little bit of luck and then played the good part. It was a good pass. And the defenders, like Chris alluded to earlier, they parted like the Red Sea. Like, Hodge had the whole of Ewood Park to pick his spot to score. But it was a good pass and good run from Sinclair anyway. But I... The thing has got on my head, I wrote it down. It's like that Catuso quote, you know, where he goes, he sometimes may be good, sometimes maybe shit. Like, it's just, that's what you get with Sinclair. You get a really good bit, but then you can also get, like, this chance in the second half where he's clean through and he takes an absolute horrendous touch. And, like, it's those kind of, that in other games have cost us. Maybe I'm being hard on him. I don't know. Well, no, I think you're, you're right in a sense that, like Watford, for example, cost us a little bit you know, in a game like that. I think I'm with Ben. I mean, it's not his fault. He's learning on the job this season in all these starting um, matches. You know, 
like the season before he was injury prone and he was coming off the bench and he couldn't get a rhythm going. So he's not going to learn too, you know, as much as he can when he's starting every week like he is now. So he's going to make these mistakes on QPR's time on our, you know, in time where we kind of, we need decisiveness and we need to take our chances, but that's just where we are at the moment. And he is a player that is going to stretch teams, especially away from home. The player that scares the, you know, the life out of defenders. I mean, he draws fouls, cards, He's starting to, I think he's maturing with every game. Mm. I think you're seeing better decisions from his reactions to things not going his way. I think he's not, he's barely offside now. I mean, that is a hell of a, an improvement in his game. That, and, you know, compared to where he was, you know, look, we're seeing tangible development here. So if they can, my, my worry with him is that we're going to develop him and he's going to go on a free. So I'd really like if we could, if there is a way of getting, you know, tight down to a long-term deal and really get behind him and say, right, this is our striker now. Let's get behind him for the foreseeable. But while the contract's up in the air, you don't really know how that's going to go. It's another brighter, say, Samuel situation. But on Blackburn, you know, it's well-documented how, how long it was since we won. October 99 under Jerry Francis, last time we won there. We had gone 12 games in a row without a win at Ewood Park. And I think four of the 16 players that appeared at the weekend for QPR weren't born. The last time we'd won there, I mean, Armstrong, Hodge, Larkesh and Dixon Bonner all had pretty decent contributions um, at Blackburn. I think, you know, Lancashire, for some reason, has become a happy hunting ground for QPR. Since that Blackpool six-month shellacking, one of our last three away trips to Lancashire, beating Blackburn, Preston and Burnley. And that's as many Lancashire wins as in the previous 32 away trips. So, you know, it's, it's an incentive there for away fans to keep going. Um up up north, if you're going from the south. I mean, and just on Hodge, well, you know, just got stat up in front of me. I tweeted they was the youngest since Paul Smith to score in his debut for QPR in 2018. And both those games ended 2-1 with both those players getting the second goal in the 2-1 wins. But Hodge, Hodge was the youngest player to make his debut in an away game and also score since Mark Perry versus Barnsley in 1996. It was 17. I think he might have got a brace. <laughs> Check that. But uh, yeah, not often a, a player that young, you know, makes his debut for QPR away from home in school. So, Jack, I've got something, and I don't know if you know this or if anyone knows this who's listening, but they had the the, the, the they were talking about on Talk Sport the Chelsea game. You know, the Kuna scored a hat trick, and they would, you know, you have to go back years and years for the last person to score a hat trick at Stafford. Well, I mean, who is the last strike player to score a striker opposition at Loftus Road? Just, do you know that? What was the question? Who who's the last opposition player to score a hat trick at Loftus Road? I was thought this, and I've tried to find have a look, and I couldn't. Did Aguero score a hat trick against us? Aguero or Suarez? You have to check that. Hmm. Anyway, I felt like we always have really good games versus City, but I feel Aguero is just ridiculous. It's in my head somewhere, like yeah. someone has, and I just couldn't get I know, it. I know, it's obviously. I don't know why it's coming to my head. Remember Andy Cole scored that trick when he was Yeah, old. I was going to remember you know, that day. Yeah, obviously, that was bad. what happened since then, probably something like Mackie Wells, you know, it's like, but I don't think he's, he scored that trick against us. He definitely scored one for us, didn't yeah. he? Um, at Loftus Road. I'll have to have, I'll have to have dig that one up and I'll get back to you on that one. But uh, yeah, I, I think just overall the black, you know, the the new guy's impact. I mean, I really like Luca Hodge. Um, I don't want to get too excited or fall in love with loan players, but he could be getting added to the list of, you know, Naki Wells, Mark Kennedy, Jimmy Smith, those sort of loan players that came in and were awesome. So, yeah, we'll see. But he looks decent, doesn't he? Kyle Walker. Oh, 
we still claim him like he's ours, don't we? <laughs> it's, it, 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 it goes into everyone's team. He's, he's in my best ever team. He only played like for six months. Well, it was him at Wayne Routledge as well that season as well. Oh, wait, wait, wait. oh, I was so disappointed we never signed him permanently in the summer when we weren't got promoted that year. We got Sean Wright Phillips instead. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, what could have been? <laughs> Chris, anything to add, mate, on the Blackburn game? No, I think um, I think we covered it <laughs> really well. Yeah, I think on the Armstrong point, I think, uh, yeah, there might have been his critics, but I think he played great. Actually, yeah, you you take the bad stuff with him because, like we said, yeah. he's causing so many problems. And just looked up Norwich's centre backs for the weekend: Shane Duffy and Ben Gibson. They don't want to be playing against him. Uh, we, I feel like we say this about every, a centre back every single week in this league, though. That that's going to be. But they'll be weary um, of him, won't they, Chris? Right, and they'll be yeah. they'll be wanted to they'll be wanted to push back a bit, right? And that will cause space, which well, it should do anyway, right? I mean, that's where we should be taking advantage of that space. Um, but and like you said about the offside, it's such a good one. He doesn't need to be offside, does he? He's got so much pace. He could probably give the defenders, especially those type of defenders, too. Because that's on. I've noticed that whenever you come up in the championship, you come up against old centre backs. Mm. I don't know why, but I've noticed it in the last few weeks. Probably because it's Sinclair Armstrong. But well, if, if Armstrong was up front for Norwich, we wouldn't want him up against Steve Cook, would we? No. You said you'd be worried is... going in. But, but Cook's got I mean, that experienced player, yeah, isn't he? Like, he's an experienced centre back. Him, yeah. like, it was when we played Southampton and like Bednarak like pocketed Sinclair, didn't he? He's got that bit more international experience, that Premier League experience. He knew how to handle him. Mm-hmm. It is like Ben said, like the older Championship defenders who are going. Oh, I've had my days in the Premier League ten years ago. I'm now 35 and I'm knackered. I don't want to be chasing <laughs> the 20 year old. By the way, on that hat trick thing, I think. <sighs> Che Adams got one in 2019 for Birmingham. Remember when we missed the penalty to go 4-4? Oh, yeah. That game. But then, I don't know if that's the most recent one, but then just a few years before that, I know Kemar Roof got one for Leeds in 2017 as well. But, I, yeah, just a couple that come up. But, uh, yeah, that's not like one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, a quick one on Dixon Bonner. I don't know what anyone's... I know we've, we sort of touch with him every week, but... I'm really, really indecisive with him. Like, one minute, I think he's, like, not great. And he's only good because he's better than Dezel and he offers more on the ball than any other set, maybe than any centre midfielder that we've got. And actually, I thought against Huddersfield, I know we haven't talked about it much, but I thought he was really poor when he came on. He did the opposite of what he was supposed to do when he came on, which was to keep the ball. He looked like a hot potato. What he looks like, It looked like the occasion got to him a little bit. But then but then on Saturday, then, then I thought he did all right. I thought he did good. I don't know. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But there are issues with him in there. It's, I don't know. I feel like I'm being a bit harsh on him because I don't know if he'll play much now. Was anyone good against Huddersfield though? <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, like We haven't touched on it probably because it was such a bad game. Like... We, we did nothing. We? we put too much on that game. When you think about yeah. this, there was still, still how many games? Seventeen after then. Like still a lot of the season to go. Like I think we just built it up so much that it just ended up putting so much pressure on the players. I don't think that helped anyone. Don't know. No, it's interesting as well that that was the third game since Marty's been in charge where we could have got out of the relegation zone and we haven't. Like it and seems like, like you said, that pressure, it's yeah, pressure, the mentality, it's that we're almost out, lads. We can do it today, we do it today, and like we put too much on it. The fans are nervous, we've had that like nervous ex- energy in the ground. Like it's just, and you just, like, it was an awful game. We literally let Huddersfield time waste for as long as they wanted. And yeah, and poor ref, I mean, though, wouldn't it again? Love poor shit. ref, another, that's the championship you expect it now, don't we? That's the problem. But saying that, another, most weeks we would have we have lost that one nil, two nil, probably. So you know, to go and get, I agree with Marty a little bit. You're not going to play well every day. We were poor. We managed to get a draw. You know, that gives us some sort of hope, right? Yeah, and I think getting the draw like is better than conceding for the draw. Like if we were if we'd gone one 0 up and then drew, it's a bit more of damaging, isn't it? Like when you lose, when you've not played well, and you get the draw the last minute, like you don't deserve the points. So to get a point is a bonus. Well, it could be an important point because you know that win at Blackwood we're beating you know Millwall beating Blackburn like we're sucking the teams in a little bit. It's not just us and Huddersfield, which it seemed like it would be. You know, it we've kind yeah. of it's like a six team sort of mini league almost. You know, there are teams like Blackburn getting like sucked in. So yeah, important couple of you know sequence of games of points just got to keep the run going. But uh, Dixon Bonner. I think he's. I think he's a useful player. I think he's got more in him to be a more effective squad player than a Dazelle or an Amos overall. I think he just shows a bit more um, in his game. I know Amos had a little streak of goals, um, and but Dixon Bonner has threatened actually, isn't he? You know, he does get a shot away, and he's been quite close a few times. But you want to see a couple go in now and just see if he can, you know, develop that side of his game. But yeah, I think he's a work in progress. But I, I think he's a, he's he's a decent sort of third, fourth, fifth choice option. Whereas before he was, especially like he was starting to become a starting player, wasn't he? So yeah, decent squad. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I quite, I quite like him. It's like in a weird way, I feel like he offers. Like we said <laughs> more than just, well because like you're saying you don't know if you how you feel about him. And I kind of feel like I like, feel like he's good. I maybe I'm thinking I think he's better than he is. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like he offers us an option that Dizelle, Field, and Colback didn't. Like when the sense that he would break the lines a little bit more, he'd look to go forward, he'd look to make those runs. Obviously, now we've got like someone like Hodgin who's going to be that player. We we won't probably see Dixon Bonner as much, but I feel, I feel like, like he definitely has something to offer us. I feel like he's not brave enough. That's what I know what it is now. For, he's not brave enough. Like he's he's sometimes like he's he's just excited to be on the pitch and be picked and be there. Like and give me the ball and I'll pass it. But like I want more from him. I want him to like. And that's due to a lack of experience. I don't know how old he is, 21, 22. I don't think he's had like more than 
20 games or something. So maybe I'm being harsh, but I don't know. I just want him to be, to do more to want to be in this team rather than just be okay or half decent. And do you know what I mean? Am I being harsh, Chris? What is... I think you might be being a bit harsh, but I think yeah, maybe that just shows, shows the, well, our increased level recently that we now are demanding more than we were before. Um, I think I'm never, never really disappointed when he comes on. Um, I think when, when we're struggling in games or we're behind or we're pushing for a goal, he will come on and instantly want the ball, want to create, want to up the pace. That is a massive positive for me because I mean, yeah, we mentioned Dezelt probably more times on this podcast since he's, (laughs) left on loan than we did <laughs> beforehand but um he never he never did that did he and that that's what we wanted if if an emergency situation where we're pushing for a goal and he comes on at right back because he can get the ball in that position that's a it's an it's not a desired option but it's an option for us and again i don't feel that bad because he can be fairly creative um in that position to to help us so um yeah, I can see him being a decent squad player with us for a while. Mm, okay, let's see. But I was just on last thing on um, Dixon Bonner. I think it's interesting that uh, as soon as Marty came in, Dixon Bonner kind of came in out of nowhere. Like he hadn't got a sniff under Ainsworth, had he? And we've said obviously about Marty getting rid of people like Dizelle, Kelman, Ozzy not being in the picture recently. He obviously sees something that he, he can get him to play in the system he wants. So I think that's maybe like a football intelligence kind of thing. Hmm. We we bang on about that back four, right? But like back five actually, Begovic has been half decent. I think you know, and he's part of that back five. I'm still convinced if we can keep that back five playing ninety percent of the games from now, we'll, we'll stay up. I'm I am I am, but it's just whether we can. We're doing it so far, but I don't know. Just, I just think they're, they're, I think they're pretty solid. I know, I, I think Salt has been brilliant. Cook, excellent. Kenneth Powell, excellent. We did the Player of the Season poll, didn't we? Um, and obviously, them three were in it along with Chair. Surprisingly, Elias Chair won nearly over a thousand votes, and he got thirty percent of the votes ahead of Clark Salt, uh, Kenneth Powell third, Cook fourth. Oh, I voted for Cook in that. Um... Yeah, I voted for Clark Salter. I think yeah, again, I went Clark Clark. I think, I think he, he raw, yeah, even those two centre backs. I mean, Clark Salter start on him. I think what a player when he's fit. He's so it's short. Fast. Reads the game so well. Like passing generally is pretty, you know, it's pretty good, pretty progressive. Just he's pretty good one on one defender as well. Like you don't see him getting beaten too much, you know, when someone's trying to take him on. I think he's very assured. He's really good. He's really, uh, really pleased that he's starting to, you know, get a run of games. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's nearing fifteen hundred minutes in the championship this season, which is three over three hundred more than last season. And he's featured in twelve games as under Sifuentes, which is more than any other uh, QPR manager that Clark Salter has appeared under. So he's getting a rhythm going, and he seems to, you know, suit the style. But for me, I, I went Cook just because of the difference he he makes. You know, I know you you know you posted some stats recently when of his impact, and we all know that you know. When when he plays, we win and concede less. It's quite quite obvious, you know. It's it's plain to see the leadership skills he brings. He puts his body on the line, but he's also good on the ball. 
he's quite quite you know composed and he's got a nice range of passing on him and something I don't think I fully appreciate from watching Steve Cook from afar but uh, you know QPR unbeaten in the last seven games that Cook has started one four drawn three you know and he started 10 times under Sifuentes and QPR have lost just once and that was against Norwich who we play at the <laughs> we play soon so hopefully that again doesn't repeat itself but for me Cook you know if I completely agree if that back four can stay fit even if Powell's been a little bit hit or miss I I, I feel recently he's got a bad game in him hasn't he that's the thing with kind of Powell like he's, he'll be good three games out of four in a month but then he'll have one bad game where he's I don't know he, he seems to lose his head a little bit he's our second speak. top scorer well, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and he, you know he, he, He's still contributing in pretty important moments. But that back five, Begovic, again, I'm not sold on Begovic just yet. Um, I think there's a ricket in him every game, but he's made some good saves and a decent amount of clean sheets. And again, that back five's got legs for me. I think if we can, if they can run with that to the end of the season, I agree with you. I think we'll be in a, hopefully we'll be in a pretty good position. Chris, were you one of the chair voters? I wasn't actually. Yeah, I went yeah. for Kenneth Powell. Um, Did you? But... Equally, I can, I can understand why chair one. Like, no, I think I talk about him a lot in here, but I just think he is just so important for us. I think even in the games where some people might not be like, oh, he was didn't get like didn't get a goal, didn't get an assist, but even Saturday, still, still great. Like, I just think he's so vital for us. But question off the back of that, which someone did tweet today. If we stayed up, do you think we should sell chair in the summer? If obviously, if we get offers, I well, I think so. Well, it depends on the offer. I mean, you know, you'd want to keep him, but let's put a number out. So, say say we get uh, six and a half. Yes. Oh, yes, I would. Yeah, I think. Okay. So, what, what's, this, the, what, what's the ceiling offer you this, wouldn't accept? This squad does need a, an overhaul to a degree. It's already started, really, hasn't it? But it, it does need... And the only way to do that is to get funds, really. We can rely on freeze and loans, but really what we want to be doing is buying some maybe younger players in the lower leagues. to Because otherwise, we're never going to get out of this mess. We need to be... We need to be. Do you know what I mean? We need to be getting people in, selling them and, and building a team up. I just freeze and loans, unless you get really lucky... And the problem with loans is they'll be gone in the middle. You know, it's happened so many times already. They'll be gone by January if they're any good, right? Unless you're up the top of the league because someone will take them, right? So that's the issue with loans. Uh, um, and you, know, you get them in January, but you're going to get an unfit. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to be getting a fully fit person in January. It's going to take a bit of time. So I fit. Sorry, that's my reason for. Not that I want him gone because I think he's great in the league. I just think that we need money from somewhere and he is probably one of the only places, unless we can sell Dykes. Yeah, I think with Chair, by the end of the season, he's you know he's approaching 250 appearances or not, you know, just shy of that for QPR, which is... You know, he deserves it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, to me, it feels like it could be the natural conclusion for his time at QPR. Mm. He gets that move in his sort of mid to late 20s and, and see, you know, test himself, better players in a better team, going for you know, loftier ambitions than ours that can actually, you know, go for a promotion. I think, yeah, I th if it was a couple of seasons ago, post-Eze, I think you're looking for north of 10, 10 mil. But I think because the market and the championship fell and we haven't accepted any bids like of serious money for a while, 
Um, I think you're looking at that six ranger. I, I wouldn't want to sell him for that, but I think that's kind of likely where you start that cycle again of starting to sell players for money and each time you go up, you know, sell them yeah. for a bit more. But I Would think we that's... get six for him? That uh, yeah, we've 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 got a yeah. family member who doesn't think that that would happen. No, um, I mean, I think he's he's got a body of work in the championship now that you know would at least get a playoff chasing team with a bit of money, parachute payments coming down from the Premier League, want to score a player off the bench, you know. I wonder whether yeah. the Birmingham rumor was true. I don't know. I don't know if you saw it that they had a bid rejected. Well, they only scout our club, don't they? Now, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, we rejected that bid and we're like, but we we might be willing got, to get Andre we've got Dizel if you yeah. if you really if you make us a decent loan offer, well, we'll give. We've also got a nice right back here and uh, you know an Irish international you can possibly <laughs> have. Nah, be a nice. The thing with Chair is he just doesn't like. I feel like I get frustrated with him. Do you know, we all do. We got he gets the ball, he takes the player on, cuts back. Goes back, cuts back. Five minutes later, he passes the ball, or he has a shot. And I feel like sometimes, as much as he's, he has been a really good player for us, I just don't. I'd rather have someone a bit like Smith down that side, who's just going to try and beat his man and whip a ball in. Mate, Please insert all the times Dunk moaned though, about yeah. Smith's final ball oh, in the first twenty weeks of this season into this bit. <laughs> but you know, like obviously someone with like better quality than Smith. <laughs> But just like that, who wants to beat by that chair. man straight away? <laughs> by chair. But the problem is, like, he did it against Blackburn a little bit, where he was taking on his fullback, but actually going on the outside. Mm. Like, a couple of times he did it. He just doesn't do it enough. He holds onto the ball too long. He slows down play too much for me. And that's the problem. And that's why I've, I think sometimes I've, he doesn't get the move because people see yeah. that and they think. Like we're trying to play counter-attacking football or fast football, and when you, he takes ten touches around the box, it doesn't help. I'm I'm not sure playing the left has helped him either in his development. I think he'd much rather be a number ten floating around the pitch. I think that's where someone would buy him. I think on the left, he has not blessed with pace. I mean, he's still obviously great, but I don't know. I'm not sure that's helped his development. Um, I don't know. I think that's just where number tens play now. Yeah, the ten maybe. role doesn't really exist in modern day football. You have to drift wide, like yeah. It is so rare unless you are, like, I mean, like Kevin De Bruyne doesn't play a number ten. I mean, he moves wherever. Chair to me is we're not comparing them. Oh, yeah, so we comparing them. You need to, but positionally wise, you need to go where you're going to get the ball more. And a ten need be, you could easily be crowded out. Like if you think the amount of times Eze played as on the left for us, like that is how. He did so well, and he's, he is he's very much always on the left, though, isn't he? Like, he? like easy was the floater. He did float around over the pitch, and that's to do with the manager, like, especially under Ainsworth. He couldn't move from the left, could he? But I mean, Marty's given him a little bit of freedom, but he is very much. You don't often see him anywhere else on the pitch other than that left channel cutting in. I don't know, just my observation. But, I've, um, I've been impressed with his work rate, though. Like yeah. he's really put in a shift as well. Um, looks a bit more tenacious. Um, out of possession as well. So, whereas building coming into January, didn't see there were times we thought you sort of question him a little bit, but I think there's been a slight shift maybe in attitude. Just do you, think, do you think he was sulking just before Christmas because he didn't get picked for Afcon? Uh, yeah, no. he knew he knew all all season he wasn't going. He hadn't been in this squad yeah. since June. 
Like yeah. the football we were playing isn't going to have got him in. He would have. I feel he would have had to do un like truly unbelievable things to get another look in there. Um, I just feel that attacking players in the system we're in, he would he wouldn't have been enjoying it. No, I don't exactly. think he. I don't think he massively showed it on the pitch because, like, like it felt like Willock did because Chair was always still working hard, still trying to do everything. He's still trying to do the right things. But now, like we said, people will just be enjoying their football more. I mean, fans, we're enjoying it way more. So obviously the players are. Um, I don't know. That last 10 minutes that came from nowhere, I wasn't enjoying. <laughs> well, yeah. Colback was enjoying it, though. He yeah. seems to be having a laugh. <laughs> He's a bit of a wind-up, isn't he? What's this about the contracts then? Jack, Chris, I know you've both mentioned it. What's that about not mentioning contracts in, on these deals? I just it's, it seems is it only just happened under the under the new CEO because yeah. I noticed with Frey they didn't announce a contract and then loans we know the to the end of the season but again Lucas Anderson not announcing how long the contract yeah. just I I don't know the reason behind it um, but it's, it just seems a bit strange really because that's one of the you know one of the things I look out for in these statements so yeah but, but why would you well, yeah the transparency there's a bit weird isn't it because why? I mean, we're going to realise if no one signed a contract and they're gone in June that they <laughs> that they had. A lick. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? You mentioned it might be an FFP thing. I don't know. I don't can't see that. But no, me neither. No. Well, unless it's like incentive bonus based, like we'll stay if we stay up. You're a trigger uh, clause, but until there's no point mentioning that unless it happens. Is that the kind of thing we'll sign you on the end of the to the end of the season? If we stay up, you get another year or two. If we don't, you're free to go elsewhere because we can't afford to keep you in League One. I don't know. It's poss It's possible, but that sounds honestly too sensible. <laughs> and I don't think agents yeah. would let that fly nowadays. To be like, got, you can have a we've six. We've got a new CEO. He's doing things properly. They're doing progressive <laughs> contracts, aren't they? Now I don't know. Someone mentioned it. What's so your wage increases every year? You mean? Yeah, that's what. Again, it's just rumor or what we've heard. But Cooks on a, you know, there's a couple of them that are on that to get us over the FFP line this season, and then um, it progressively goes up. I don't know whether there's something in that with some of these players. I mean, again, that's a. It's a. On one hand, it's sensible because if you're in a tight year, put more money into the years you have flex. However, when it's older players. Then you're suddenly we could be sitting here in because how long was Colbat's deal? It wasn't two years, was it? Three, three, three two to an option, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess if the options are, then it's okay. But sort of suddenly, I see the potential problem down the road where you're like, God, this is three years in now. Two, our two top earners are thirty-seven years old, but. Um, and they're on 60 grand a week in League One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No FFP there, mate. It's fun. Yeah, Chris, Colback was two years with a, an extension, I think. So, God knows what triggers it. Is it the club have the power or is it appearance incentive? Colback gets the third year. I'm, I'm curious tonight. But... Uh, It'd be another fun. Jeff Cameron situation where he just won't, won't ever play that final game to trigger that extra year. It's fine because Colback would get sent off enough times he won't play enough games anyway. Yeah, that is that's definitely <laughs> Jeff Cameron, true. Jeff Cameron, what a he's another one, isn't he? Like 
Was he any good or not? I can't. I can vaguely remember changing often. One minute thinking he was all right, and the next thinking he was absolutely donkey. Can't. I can't well, when he was... when he came in, I think he was he was great, but we didn't yeah. have someone who was doing that, yeah. and I think that's 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 sort of my reservation about Hayden. I see him being another one, but it's a, it's a loan deal to the end of the window, end of the summer season. Sorry. So as long as he's good in that part, happy days. Yeah, big, big, big week next this week. I feel like at the end of this next week, it might be a bit clearer. I don't know, three games. We've got Norwich at home, Stoke away, Bristol City away. All winnable, by the way. Also, all, all easily be lo- easily losable. And I could, you know, we could quite easily be sat here with zero or one point at the end of it. But you know, we could. They're teams we could get at, right? They're team good. To, good opportunity for us to get some points on the board and try and claw these teams back with us. I still think. I know you said Jack about they are back in there, five points, four or five points. But that's still, you know, you get four or five points in these next games. It gives the other team still got to play three games as well. So, but you're hoping that one of them as an absolute mare, like Blackburn didn't look great, did they? Their managers supposedly leaving or close to leaving. They look a bit of a mess. Stoke are always a mess. Well, yeah, Probably. we're playing Stoke, so, you know, there's yeah. perfect opportunity to, to yeah. sort of win. You, you know, I still think Birmingham are still, I think they'll be all right, but they're still a bit dodged. They're like, wheels are on, but they could fall off at any time. You know? You know they've I got think... Mowbray, who gives them some sort of hope, but... Do you, do you know what, though? I think now we've got our sort of strongest 11 largely available. You're right. There's nothing to fear with these teams. Like, let's go, let's go and have a go. I mean, since Sifuentes took over, like, it's early November, I think about 13th in the championship form table, if you did a table from that point. You know, a decent amount of points, not far off the playoff positions. You know, we're, we're not as bad. We're, we're, we've been conditioned to think we're, like, really shit because we have been for quite a long time. But bigger picture, looking at Sifuentes' reign as a whole, wouldn't we've become a fairly decent competitive championship team now. So goals are a problem. With, with those shit players as well, by the way. So we're saying it's all Ainsworth's fault. Uh, <laughs> didn't wait for that one, could you? Um, oh, no. Yeah, no. so I just think like, as you say, three winnable games, you know, QPR way will never be to win the ones you think we're going to win, you know, but let's see how we go. Let's just have a go at them. You know, nothing to fear. No, no, I think, um, so we've got Norwich coming up at the weekend, tough game. I mean, when I say tough, they're in form more, I think, than anything. But when we played them away, I watched it, and they, they didn't look at anything to fear. Um, but but we've just got to get out. We've got to get these home forms sorted. It's really annoying me because I think that we'll pick up enough points away from home. I think we'll lose some, but I think we will win some. I think the way we play and the team we've got. But if we don't sort this home form out, that's where we could find ourselves unstuck because I think there's some teams down there that pick up points at home um, and we we need to get it going. I don't know what the answer is. I know the middle game was good, but generally we've been very poor. Um, and I'm not sure what the answer is, if I'm honest. I don't know. I'd like to see a bit of a different approach. Again, I'm not 100% sure what that looks like, but... You know, I don't want to see Dykes in the number 10 role Saturday, I don't think. I don't know about anyone else. I guess the fear, the fear is you don't have him. So I'm not saying he's a natural goal scorer, but he is 
someone who can potentially score goals. So you sort of want though more of those people on the field than you don't. So yeah, but we need him off the bench as well. He went off against we? Huddersfield because I didn't anticipate that actually being a sub because we obviously needed a goal. So it's just logical to keep your number nine on. Um, but I think if if he didn't start and you played hard, I don't think anybody would be massively disappointed, shocked, or or worried, whereas previously we would have. Jack, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I think, again, since Sifuentes took over, he's nine home league games in the championship, won three, drawn three, lost three. So, it's not too bad, is it? Well, we'd won one of the previous 21 before he arrived at home. So, yeah, he's he's turned it to a degree, but you're right. It does, it's not feeling convincing, is it? You know, I mean, no. some performances aren't convincing. We've ground out some wins. I mean, Stoke was a, a nice hope, you know, for the 4-2 home win at Stoke was great. The Millwall win was solid, but we started quite dodgy, didn't we, in, in that game? Yeah. Huddersfield was dreadful, um, really poor performance. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you want a bit more consistency. You want a defined way of playing at home, don't you? You want to see us really kind of yeah. control it, look assured, you know, keep you know turning over chances, keep creating chances and probe the opposition, keep, keep them penned back. Whether we can do that against a team like Norwich, um, again, it, we might end up playing a bit like the away team in that one, in all honesty. But, you know, hitting them on the counter with Sinclair, but... A bit like what we did to Bournemouth in the FA Cup in the first half, but you know, I'm I'm confident things will start, you know, turning around. Whereas a few weeks ago, I thought we were dead and buried. So, you know, credit to the manager, um, he's made mistakes. He's making you know some subs have been a bit odd, and there's been some selection mm-hmm. issues. But like by and large, he's been he's done an impressive job in open play. We were quite miserly at the back, you know, in terms of xG conceded. We we're very quite. Obviously, we knew it was a set pieces where we were shipping all our goals. That seems to have, you know, started Shoot. a bit better. Uh, we've changed be- it. We've changed it, haven't we? <laughs> have we changed our approach? Have we changed it? We've moved the people that were in the zonal positions. They've changed around. I don't know. It could just be me. It feels like, um, if you if you look at it, the people that were in man marking before and now there's been a bit of a switch around. I don't know. Clark Salt was, was marking someone the last two games but historically to that he's been in one of those zonal positions um, and again cook there as well yeah so, yeah what do we what do we think then points next three games what are you going for four four I think yeah win one lose one draw one keep it simple what do you say yeah. lads I, I, well, that would kind of be in, in line with how we are, aren't we? Sort of winning as many games, losing as many games, drawing as many games under Cifuentes in that regard. But yeah, I, I think we'll get four points um, in what order? No clue. I'd love to say we get seven, you know, have a really and have a proper run of form with the last three games with seven points from nine there as well. But you know, I've, got, you know, I've got a feeling we might get a result against Norwich and then I'll take a point at Stoke and then... Bristol City, who knows? You know, Rob Dickey own goal, please. But <laughs> so I'll probably go four, not to cop dumping too much. Chris, yeah, what do you might, think, mate? Might sit on that fence as well, but Stoke. I, I think the EFL highlights said Stoke haven't won in eight home games. They they look seriously shit. 
almost if we were to be offered, oh, no, it doesn't work this way. If we were to be offered one win out of those three, that's the one I would take and want. Because obviously they're five points ahead of us. You're beating that closest rival. We're dragging them back in. Um, everyone was like, oh, as soon as Schumacher goes in, they'll be fine. They look awful. So... They've been um, awful for years, haven't they? It's just a group of players. Remember, he's got to work with the same group of players that are in the mess that they're in. It's a bit like, you know what I mean? It's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of. Not, I'm always scared to make predictions on the pod because I don't ever want to be that want, want to be overly positive. So I think I'll sit on the fence and say four as well. Yeah. Is Ben, is ben going to be negative or is he going to be positive? <laughs> I... Uh... I don't know, mate. I literally don't. I know it's on the fence always. I, I literally, it could be anything. Like we could easily get six points, seven points. We could easily get none. Like I, I know. I don't know. That's harsh, isn't it? I, I think. I think we'll get two wins. All right. That's what I All think. Right. That would That's be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely wouldn't do that. But um, just quickly then, then before we end, I just want to quickly end on Marty. Just quickly, a quick chat on him. I mean, um, he's. He's great, isn't he? I think he's great. I think he's not he's not perfect in relation to he makes mistakes, right? He's not immune to any criticism either. Like I think some people think that by criticizing him, you, it's like we want him out or it's an insult. But but I think like Jack, you mentioned a couple of his decisions have been a bit off, a bit iffy, and I think he's learning on the in the championship as he goes on. But I I, I like him a lot. We've got to keep him, whatever happens now. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure I saw someone on Twitter saying about, because obviously how well he's done since he's come in, that he could be up for like manager of the year if he keeps us up because of how bad we were. To us, yeah. Not, I doubt yeah. to the outside, but to no, us, I'm yeah. Sure, I, I want to say, I thought... Yeah, no, it's Gab Sutton. I was going to say, yeah, it was Gab Sutton. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And like, it, it, I think it is massive that that's how progressively good he could be for us. I feel like he could be the manager we've been waiting so long for. We thought it was Mickey Beale and that went sour. Whereas with Marty, I feel like he wants to build this project, which is us. And I feel like with the new CEO and him, I feel like we can stay up this year. Like I think our next few seasons could look bright as long as we don't like, we can fend off interest in him. Yeah, I would. I think he's, I think he's the best thing about the club this season. I think, he he's the players seem you know when you hear that what they say about training and all that sort of stuff you know sounds very very positive but I just think he he seems like quite a student of the game seems quite astute and I think he's he's got us playing largely with the same set of players like got us playing like you know fairly good football at least progressive football and he's given us a fighting chance um and just like signs where like maybe we've he's made some of those mistakes on the job or like Millwall away wasn't particularly great. Then we go and beat Millwall and when we play him again, like, and we made some adjustments that their manager called out that he's, he couldn't, you know, so QPR were better because they did A, B and C. It's things that we didn't do in the previous game, that make, things like that. Is he, so can we do something against Norwich where, you know, we lost one nil. I know it's a Jimmy Dunn mistake at the back, just letting the ball go over his head. But, you know, Sanfield misses a chance at the end. It could have been a different result. I'm just wondering, has he what's when what has he studied about Norwich that means this week, you know, we might do something that might surprise him. And I I kind of feel like he's got that in his locker and I you know, which is good. That feels like there's a plan. So I, you know, backing him all the way. Um 
he's not beyond criticism. No one is, but he's he's got a lot of good credit in the bank so far for me. Like we've mentioned, I'd imagine that he's got a lot to say with some of the players that are being out of the squad a little bit. Obviously, it's because he picks them, but you know, moving on to Zell, you know, Kelman moving on. I, you know, I'm not too sure. Well, as long as Callum stays fit, we'll see much of Ozzy done. Maybe not. But these are the players that we knew. We knew. And it's frustrating when you get a new manager really who wants to see them, and before you know it, they think they're decent. You know, Nico Hamalainen effect, <laughs> <laughs> where where every manager just thought, oh, actually, he's all right in training, and then a couple of games in, they soon realise that he's um, terrible and ship him off to bloody I don't know the Latvian league or something. I don't know where, where he ended up in his career. I think he's doing all right, isn't he? Now, where's he play now? What I, I saw him, I saw him. He, he, he was holding up a medal or something. I don't know. Anyway, anything else to add on Marty? Said it all, no, covered just, it all. Yeah. Very, very happy. Very happy he's our manager. Yeah. Friend of the pod. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right, lads. Well, look, good week. Some side-ins. Big week ahead. So let's hope we can get, get some points on the board. Um, some hope. And we just need to uh, try and enjoy it. For the next few days before <laughs> before the next round of games. Yes. But look, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening and um have a good rest of the week. You yours. You yours. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.